You're listening to audio from Anchor Bible Church in Centerpoint, Iowa. If you'd like to find out more about our ministry, please visit www.anchorbibleia.org. Okay, today our scripture comes from John 14, 1 through 14. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip, even after I have been among you such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, Show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father, and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Will you bow your heads with me in prayer? Dear God, I thank you for this wonderful day and this church that you have given us. I thank you for Pastor Tyler and Pastor Andrew and this amazing student leadership team. And I pray that you would give us the words to speak and the courage to proclaim your name this morning. I just ask you to open the hearts of those who are here today and let this word sink into their hearts as you work in their lives. It's in your perfect and holy name we say amen. I'm Jonah Salo. I'm a senior here at CPU High School, and I am a member of the student leadership team here at Anchor. With the help of Pastor Tyler and Pastor Andrew, the student leadership team here at Anchor Bible Church has been given the opportunity to run a student-led Sunday. The goal of this service is to give the congregation a look at what is taught on Wednesday nights at D6. Every week at D6, Tyler focuses his sermons heavily on the gospel and what it means to be a follower of Jesus, which equips us to share the gospel effectively. Through careful consideration, the student leadership team and I have chosen to do our sermon on John 14, verses 1 through 14. We chose this passage because in it, Jesus speaks on the gift of heaven and the only way to make it there, through him. It is verses like these that are the foundation of the gospel and what is taught at D6. At this point in Jesus' life, he has performed miracles such as turning the water to wine and feeding the 5,000. He has recruited the 12 disciples, and he has spread his teachings throughout the nation of Israel. In John chapter 12, 
during the Easter week, Jesus returns to Jerusalem one final time. And it is in this trip to Jerusalem that he would be crucified at Calvary. John chapter 14 takes place during the Last Supper, where Jesus' longest speech is spoken. It is here that he washes his disciples' feet, predicts Peter's denial, and promises the Holy Spirit. The first point I would like to make is that Jesus secures our future home. This is what he's saying in verses 1 through 4 when he says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you may also be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Jesus had predicted his looming death just two chapters prior to this, and in the verses leading up to chapter 14, he also predicted Peter's repeated denial of him. As it hints in verse 1, the disciples seem to be anxious about what will happen to Jesus, and it is through these verses that he comforts them. A couple weeks ago, I had my last day as an intern in Governor Reynolds' office. I, I thoroughly enjoyed this internship and all it entailed, but I did not think I was going to get this internship. To get this position, you had to be a college student, preferably one in law or political science, and you had to work 16 hours a week. And being in high school, I just could not do that. And despite not being able to fill either of these um, requirements, I ended up getting the position. However, it wasn't by my own doing, but it was through a family friend who works in the office who fought long and hard for me. And while waiting for a response back from the internship director, that family friend personally guaranteed that I would be accepted and would have a desk with my name on it that following Monday. And guarantees like that just don't happen every day. In the same way, Jesus, Jesus prepares a place for you as you place your trust in him, putting your name on that blank nameplate on that desk in heaven. That friend's guarantee gave me such peace and confidence, the same peace and confidence you get when you put your faith in Jesus. Because as soon as you put your faith in Jesus, you, you can take comfort in the fact that a room has been made ready for you in heaven. But in order for that to happen, Jesus needed to pay the price for our sins because God and sin are incompatible. Us being a sinful people cannot be in his presence. And it's almost like there's a gorge separating us from God and we cannot do anything on our own works to get across that gorge. The only way to get across is through Christ Jesus. It is through trusting in him and believing that he died and rose again that we are able to join God in heaven. Do you know if you have a place in heaven? 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 5-6 through six says, For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. As it says in 1 Timothy, Jesus is our mediator, or our bridge to God. So knowing that we can be in right relationship with him and have a room in heaven, we need to share this news. We cannot hold back from sharing, and we need to make sure that everyone gets a chance to have a room prepared for them in heaven. The next point I would like to make is that Jesus is the only way. Verses 5 through 7 say, Thomas said to him, 
Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, oh, if you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. During Jesus' time, the Pharisees and other religious elite believed that there would be a Messiah that would come in the form of, of a political leader and peacemaker. Jesus, claiming to be the Son of God and the only way to heaven, would have been viewed as blasphemous and as one reason people would have him crucified. As verse 6 says, Jesus is the only way to get to the Father. Nothing other than putting your trust in him and believing that he, as all God and all man, died for our sins and rose again, proving that he is God's son, will get you to heaven. No amount of good deeds, no amount of belief in another God, and no other religion will get you to heaven. Many of you know that I'm, I'm a pretty nerdy guy. <laughs> I'm a Star Wars fan. My favorite movie is Guardians of the Galaxy, and I can solve a Rubik's Cube. One of those multicolored cube puzzles. <laughs> During my sixth grade year, many of my friends got into solving Rubik's Cubes, and so I decided to hop on that trend and join them. A standard 3x3 Rubik's Cube has 43 quintillion different combinations. That's 43 with 18 zeros behind it. On top of that, there is no limit to how many moves a solution can have. And many people seem to equate God and heaven to a Rubik's Cube because there are so many different ways to solve it. They say things like, all paths lead to the top of the mountain. But the God of the Bible has only one path, one solution, one mediator between him and us. And Acts 4.12 says, Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by, we, by which we must be saved. Jesus is the only way to heaven. The final point I would like to make is that Jesus empowers us to share the gospel. Verses 8-14 through 14 say, Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip? even after I have been among you such a long time. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is in the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Throughout my life, one of my biggest role models has, in my faith has been Pastor Tyler. Not only has he helped me grow my relationship with Christ to heights I never thought were possible, but he has also given me so many resources to share the gospel. He has been such a big influence on me in my faith walk. Now I invite, I invite you to think about all the things your biggest role model has done for you and the impact they have had on your life. Now imagine what would be possible if that role model was the Son of God. 
When Jesus says that we'll do bigger and that we'll do greater things than him, he isn't saying that we'll go on to do bigger and better miracles or that we can have supernatural abilities, but that we'll be able to, to profess our faith and plant seeds in the lives of more people than he did. One emphasis of Jesus' ministry was growing the 12 disciples, equipping them to spread the gospel throughout all the nations. Because Jesus was focused on the 12 disciples, his ministry only spanned across the portion of the nation of Israel. While Paul was on his missions, he was able to reach out, reach most of the civilized world at the time. His missions led him through Greece, Turkey, and Syria, and because of that, he was able to reach more people. Knowing that Jesus' ministry inspired Paul to go on and make disciples, we should take this example to heart and follow the Great Commission commanded in Matthew 28. Although making disciples seems like an impossible feat, Jesus gives us an answer when he says that we can ask for anything in his name and he will do it. He says, And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. This means that we are able to ask for things such as the softening of people's hearts, the courage to spread his name, opportunities to share the gospel, and the words to say in those gospel conversations. If it is in his name and for his good, then through him nothing will stop the Holy Spirit from working through us. Since Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. We are able to bridge that gap between us and our Creator, putting our faith in Him, allowing us to have a relationship with Him. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 says, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So I pray that you would accept this truth and draw near to him. Will you go with me in prayer? Dear God, thank you for this, this amazing opportunity you have given this student leadership team. And I pray that you would have this morning's message lay on the hearts of those here. I thank you for Maya, and I pray that you would give her the words to speak as she shares her testimony this morning. And I pray that you would give those here today rest and comfort as they go throughout their week and that you would be and that you would help those who haven't yet put their faith in Jesus and bridge that gap that sin has caused between us and God it's in your wonderful name we pray amen good morning everyone my name is Maya Rawson, and I'm a sophomore at Center Point. As we reflect on Jonah's sermon this morning, I've decided to come up here and share my personal testimony with you all. This is not only about finding my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, but also about me finding out who God's truly called me to be. So to start, I'd say I didn't really grow up in a Christian household. Sure, we went to church for Easter and Christmas, but other than that, my parents just didn't go. If they did, it was just kind of a routine, but not anything more. Obviously, that meant nothing to me growing up, because I literally didn't know what church was anyway. When I was about one and a half, my parents got a divorce, and my mom's sister and I immediately moved in with Mima. After the divorce, my parents had decided that McKenna and I would go to our dad's house every other weekend, so that's what we did. 
Everything was fine, but as we got older, we slowly started to dislike going to his house more and more. He just didn't know how to be a good dad, especially when he had a girlfriend. For me personally, this made me feel unworthy. Made me feel like I wasn't good enough to have a dad that actually showed up for me, and that was part of my life. I compared my life to other girls in my grade and basically felt bad for myself. I questioned everything. Why did my parents have to be divorced? Why don't I have a relationship with my dad like they do? And one question led to another until I literally couldn't escape my thoughts. It was constant. I started to question ab absolutely everything about myself. Why am I not as pretty as her? I wish I could be as smart as her. And it just kept repeating itself. I was truly in a bad place without even realizing it. I thought I was in control of my life and that I was failing myself time and time again. About nine or so years ago, my mom met Brad, my now stepdad. After they'd been dating for maybe a year or two, they decided they wanted to find a church to get involved with. At that time, Brad's parents had been going to a church in Troy Mills, so we started going regularly with them. As a little girl, going to church didn't do anything for me. I was just there because my mom told me that's where we were going. It almost seemed like it was just another thing we had to do every week. And if nothing else, Jesus just kind of sat in the back of my mind. I knew who he was, but I didn't care enough to do anything more about it. It almost felt like useless information and a slight waste of time. Maybe two years after we started going, we slowly stopped going. And I think it was just because we didn't feel like we fit in with the congregation. We just kind of fell out and didn't make an attempt to start going again. Eventually, we got invited to what is now Anchor Bible Church for a baptism. When we went, we felt so welcomed by everyone. We decided we liked it and wanted to keep going. So we went a couple times a month, but that was about it. Then, in January of 2020, McKenna and I were at our dad's house and got in a huge fight with him. We'd been arguing all weekend, but Saturday night, he got super upset and freaked out. He ended up kicking us out, so McKenna and I were outside his house in the freezing cold, waiting for our mom to come pick us up. We were absolutely terrified in disbelief of what was happening. Our thoughts were all over the place, and all we could do was cry. The uncertainty of what would happen next was the scariest part for me. Not knowing what the future would hold, how far things might go, or how long the pain would last ate at me that night, while waiting what seemed like forever for our mom to come get us. The next morning, we decided as a family that we should go to church, hoping it would get our mind off what had happened the night before. While we were at church, the worship band played a song called Power of Prayer. The lyrics really hit home because it said, the world's made him mad at mom and me, and another line said, now all they do is fight. At that moment, all three of us knew that God was right there on our shoulders. He was telling us that he was there and that he knew what we were going through. He showed us that he was in our situation and that he is ultimately the one in control. It was truly a breakthrough moment for all three of us. We realized how much we needed Jesus and how much we wanted a relationship with him. Ever since then, we have gotten so involved at church and have loved every moment of it. McKenna and I have been growing so much in our faith and we've come to realize that our worth comes from way more than just a relationship with our dad. It was in October of 2020 at Dare to Share that I first accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior. Our faith had grown so much that in April of 2021, we got baptized together and then confirmed in May of the same year. During this time of me coming to know Christ and getting to experience his love to the fullest, I felt complete. I felt a love like never before, and I was opened up to a new community of people that loved and cared for me. This was the first time I really realized how unique our God is. It was something I realized I never wanted to take for granted. The pure joy that filled me radiated to everyone I was around, and they could tell I was filled with a different kind of joy, one you can only find in the Lord. This is just a testament to show how God really does work miracles every day, big and small. 
It's also a reminder that no matter how hard we may try to be perfect, we aren't. We fall short day after day, but God shows us that his love for us is far greater than all of our sins. It brings me peace to know that even if I don't have an ideal relationship with my dad, I have the best relationship with my father in heaven, which is the only thing that will last forever. Now, of course, I still struggle with things like I did before I knew Christ, but it's all different now because I have an eternal hope. That hope is in my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And my dad and I still aren't on great terms three years later. To be honest, we really don't have a relationship at all, and I still wrestle with it day after day. Some days are filled with tears, and others just strictly confusion or even anger. But I've had to learn to be okay with that and accept my life just as God has laid it out. And I strongly believe that no matter how awful my situation may or may not be, Ultimately, it is all part of God's plan for my life. I know that God does everything for a reason, and all I can do is trust in him. My prayer for you all is that you would pursue your relationships with Christ to its absolute fullest, and that you would know that your sin doesn't define who you are. God does. He loves you so much, and I pray that you would all accept him into your hearts if you haven't already. Thank you.